Hey, everybody, this is Ryan Dempster, and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Rhino, baseball season is now officially, officially over. That pesky World Series finally went through the Dodgers. Kind of a thrilling series between the Dodgers and Rays. I enjoyed it. It had some interesting storylines, but now, Chad, the focus shifts to the offseason, and what will the Cubs do to try and get this team back on track for 2021? We're going to break everything down. We're going to break down the recent Cubs free agents. We're going to talk about some options that you may be surprised the Cubs may be looking at. Some of these are big-name players. We're going to talk about some of the free agents that are out there. Should the Cubs go get them? And, you know, the, the top store story this year, believe it or not, this this uh, this uh, week is the big signing of Tony La Russa with the White Sox. We're going to talk about that. Yep. And we also have David Schuster, who's a member of the Barroom Network. He's on multiple podcasts. We're going to catch up with him and talk about the Cubs offseason. So stick around because the Friendly Confines starts right now. Hi, everybody. He's Chad Gordon. I'm Ryan Lieber. And as always, Chad, let's start in the first inning. And man, if you thought it was going to be a dull offseason, well, look no further than on the south side where the Chicago White Sox stunned the baseball world, Chad, by hiring Tony La Russa, who once upon a time was the manager of the White Sox from 1979 to 1986 before moving on with the Oakland A's and St. Louis Cardinals. The 76-year-old will now lead the White Sox for at least the foreseeable future. I guess the initial question is, Chad, what do you think of this hire? And with this hiring, have the White Sox now overtaken the Cubs as the team that everyone is going to be talking about when it comes to the sport of baseball in the Windy City? I think your your second question kind of answers the first question. I think this this feels like a Joe Madden hire in a way where the Cubs knew, you know, six years ago that they needed somebody to be kind of the face of the franchise, excite people. They weren't sure if the window was opening, but they knew it was going to open. And so I wonder if the White Sox are doing the same sort of thing. They're, they're assuming that Chicago fans and White Sox fans are going to clamor and get excited about about the guy with the, the Italian name, you know, on the South side. So maybe that's a big piece of it. Um, I'm su- surprised by this move. I mean, this is a, a guy that might be the first manager ever who actually is a current hall of famer because of his managerial career, but 76 years old, you know, how will he mesh with these guys? How he will he mesh with analytics? He's been out of the game for a while. Um, I did a, a quick poll of my white Sox friends and they weren't happy. I mean, I, one of, one of our friends, uh, uh, Ryan Plazak, who actually uh, co-hosted the show one of the time, you know, he was really hoping for somebody like AJ Hinch. And so he felt like this was a situation where Reinsdorf really inserted himself and he feels like this was a bad move. What do you think? I actually like this move, but again, I'm not coming from the place as you and I are both Cubs fans. We are coming from the outside looking in and you're right. Majority of White Sox fans absolutely hate this move. The sports radio stations in the city of Chicago were lighting up with fans and even the hosts talking about This just does not make sense. I got to be honest, Chad. He's the greatest living manager of all time right now. He's won three World Series championships. You could do a lot worse than Tony La Russa. I don't know how he's going to do, but I do know this. If you're winning baseball games, 
it doesn't matter about all that other stuff that people are concerned about with his, you know, thoughts about kneeling for the national anthem or his thoughts about relating to young players or bat flips, whatever it may be. This is a guy who managed Jose Canseco and Ricky Henderson and Albert Pujols. I have no doubt in my mind that at 76, Tony La Russa can still relate and understand the game of baseball. And let's not forget, it wasn't that long ago, a 72-year-old Jack McKeon led the Miami Marlins, or back then the Florida Marlins, to the World Series, and they won a championship. So I don't think age has anything to do with it. And quite frankly, Chad, as far as the back page of the sports section goes, I do believe that the White Sox are winning the ink now, that the team that everyone is going to be talking about now, instead of the Cubs, other than us, of course, is going to be the White Sox. So it's going to be a major paradigm shift as far as I'm concerned with the Cubs and the White Sox this coming season as who really is going to be the team that everyone is going to be talking about unless the Cubs are coming out and playing amazing baseball. Let's move on to the second inning, and this was something that was unthinkable days ago. I mean, hours ago, but it is something that is gaining traction as you see some of the moves that are slowly happening now that the World Series is over and the Dodgers are going to be world champions for the next year. But there's a lot of teams that are making some very drastic moves in some of their cuts, and uh, we can get into that in just a little bit, but what if, what if the Cubs decide they want to save $14 million um, and pay Rizzo $2 million instead of paying him $16 million? We already don't know about John Lester and his, you know, uh, $25 million. Do they pay that or do they pay him to go away for $10 million? Uh, Daniel Descalso has three or two, uh, so a million dollar savings. I think that's clear. But, but Rhino, this is unthinkable. But in the current state of finances in Major League Baseball, which they reported, a multi, just a massive multi-billion dollar loss for this last year spread out among many teams. Um, can you see a world where somebody like Anthony Rizzo doesn't get his option and, and just to save the money or even, even worse, what about a player like Chris Bryant, where they say, we don't want to pay you $23 million. We'll let you be a free agent. I can't see a scenario, Chad. I really, truly believe that Anthony Rizzo is going to have his option picked up. Yes, it is a $2 million buyout. And, but also remember, $16.5 million is a bargain for Anthony Rizzo. I mean, $16.5 million is a lot of money. But in this state of finances, when it comes to baseball, $16.5 million is a bargain for a player like Anthony Rizzo. Now, John Lester is a different story. He's making $25 million next year. He's got a $10 million buyout. I'm pretty certain the Cubs are going to buy that contract out and then try to offer Lester that team-friendly deal that you and I have talked about. Daniel Descalso, I think we can both agree, adios to Daniel Descalso. I do not see him back with the team this year, or rather next year. But as far as I'm concerned, I truly believe that Anthony Rizzo not only will be with the team next year, but he is going to have his option picked up, and that $16.5 million will be on the books. What about you? You know, we're going to talk about Colton Wong in a, in a future inning, but there you have it. I mean, you talk about $16 million being a, a bargain for Anthony Rizzo. The Cub, the Cardinals, rather, decided to, to save $12.5 million and let Colton Wong go. That, he's, a solid, he's a solid guy, and his peripherals are fantastic. His stats are solid. He'd fit in in many organizations. So I think it's a sign of what is possible. And, and I think that if you don't think that the bean counters 
um, there at Clark and Addison haven't looked and, and saw, okay, well, what if we, um, what if we make a move here? What's the worst thing that can happen? Who is in the, I mean, how many first base prospects have been, have been uh, blocked um, for the Cubs in the, in the organization. So who could be the next man up? I think the unthinkable is going to happen. And I think we're going to see players on this team that aren't going to find a home. And I think this off season is going to be one of the most unique and most frustrating at times. And I think it's going to be bewildering at times. I don't think we're going to see major contracts. And I think what the Cubs are doing with what they've done with their front office, with their scouting department, where they've been, they've been cutting lots and lots of employees to save, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think after the losses they incurred this year, uh, and knowing that everybody is kind of going to be in that same boat, I will not be surprised if the Cubs make some major drastic decisions that are going to affect some popular names and some jerseys that you have in your closet right now. All right, so let's move on to the third inning, Chad. And obviously there's a lot of needs that this team has to address this offseason. For what it's worth, where do you think this team needs to really focus most of their energy to figure out what they ultimately need to solidify going into the 2021 season. Where do you start? Well, I mean, they need to either change batting approaches for several of their players and figure out how that's going to be possible because that plagued this team. Um, or they need to make some adjustments to some of those players because, you know, I, you know, I watched the, we both, we all watched the postseason, watched the world series. And I didn't feel like, many of the players on the Cubs could have fit into either one of those lineups and how they approached their at-bats, um, how they they approached uh, the di- situational hitting, um, you know, just how they approached the the game in and get game out situation. And and so so for me, it's like a mindset. How do you, you know, that would be the first thing I would pick up, a change in mindset, um, because it did really truly feel like, and the numbers showed it, a lot of players were swinging for stats and swinging for the long ball more so than, 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 uh, um, and it showed in the stats, but from a, a needs perspective, here's another guy, you know, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you know, the Indians to save a million dollars, they got rid of their closer, Brad hand, who was very effective this year. So, you know, go after as many of those arms as possible, because again, look at the success of what the Rays had, look at the success of what the, the Dodgers had this year. And it would, was really reliant on, on a strong bullpen. Um, I think the Cubs have the makings of, a, you know, some good arms in there, but Jeffress is gone. And so you've got to replace him because he was mostly, you know, in that role of, as the closer. And what will Kimbrell do? So the answer, the short answer is um, a lot of arms. And, and the other answer is they need to inject some, some energy and some focus and some situational hitting in that lineup. All right. So for me, I'm going to go with the starting rotation. We know Hendricks and Darvish are going to be one and two, depending on who is going to go one or who's going to go two. I truly believe in my heart of hearts, Lester is going to be back. The back end of the rotation, you're going to look at Alec Mills and Albert Alzale. Is that enough? Do you need to solidify that rotation with maybe a better starting pitcher on the back end or two starting pitchers? on the back end. I don't know what the answer is because I don't know how much flexibility, if at all, this team is going to have. But I certainly believe that if if they're going to be a contender next year, they have to be able to strengthen that starting rotation because they're only going to get as far as their pitching staff. All right, let's move on to the fourth inning. And, you know, we've had some free agents that that are no longer officially Cubs. Uh, Chafin, Chatwood, Hamilton, Jeffress, Kipnis, Maven, 
Flegley, um, Quintana. Those are there's a couple big names in there if you look at the, some of the 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 the, the lists out there, Rhino. So if you look at that list, who are you definitely resigning, or are you resigning any of them? Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely tough as I look at this list of guys who are on this free agent list. So you got, as you mentioned, Andrew Chafin, Tyler Chatwood, Billy Hamilton, Jeremy Jeffress, Jason Kipnis, Cameron Mabin, Josh Fagley, and Jose Quintana. For me, even though I, I don't think he's going to be back, for me, I just feel like Jeremy Jeffress is a guy you got to hold on to. He was like my guy this year. I would love for this team to hold on to Jeremy Jeffress. And I, I know, it again, it's probably going to be too expensive to keep him, but Jason Kipnis was such a nice fit for this team. Chicago guy, grew up, you know, I don't know if you knew, Chad. He grew up in Chicago. I don't know if that was mentioned at all throughout the season. But Jason Kipnis was such a nice fit for this Cubs team. So those are the two that I would, I would sign, but I don't know if, any of these guys are going to be back. What about you? Well, quick aside, uh, just arrived uh, last week. Uh, I love the Cubs authentic shop, and I now am a proud owner owner of game used Jason Kipnis uh, home pinstripe uh, uh, pants uh, that I actually will wear with softball and Ian Hat pants. The Kipnis actually have great dirt and mud on the butt and the front, so I'm pretty excited about that. So, yeah, I knew he was a Chicago guy. I don't think he comes back. It makes no sense for them to invest in him. I think, you know, from my perspective, um, Jeffers may not fit the bill if he ha- if he liked the organization and felt like the organization can grow. I don't think any of these guys are going to get paydays. I don't think any of these guys on this list are going to get any paydays in this offseason. And so I look at it and I go, would Quintana, would Chatwood, would Jeffers, would they come back on team-friendly deals um, in this unique time. And those are the ones I would probably target because arms are at a premium and Quintana, if again, it's a t- team friendly deal, he slots in as a solid um, three, mostly four on the pitching staff Chatwood, We saw sh- flashes of brilliance before the injury. And as you said, you've already built the case for Jeffers. All right. So let us move on now to the fifth inning, Chad, and uh, some rumors persisting, that an old friend, Tommy LaStella, is sort of reportedly on the Cubs' radar. And, of course, uh, we all know that LaStella was shipped off to the Angels and had quite the year playing very well uh, before the 2019 season. And he's just absolutely flourished in that role. So for him to be able to come back and potentially play second base for the Cubs. Of course, he has a great relationship with both Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. Would you like him to come back and play for the Cubs, Chad? It's definitely an option. I mean, everybody clamors for Nico Horner, but you know, if you watched last season, it's very clear that Nico is not ready. Now you do have a very team friendly um, uh, option in, in David Bodie. Do you give him more reps? He's obviously um, uh, slates a little average to below average defensively at second base, but he's an option there. Um, and you've talked about bringing Kipnis back, but you know, for me, whether it's Listella, whether you want to bring back all the oldies, you know, DJ LeMayhew is going to be available as well. Listella, it would be an interesting story to see if he would come back. He's a gamer. Um, he was a unique part of, of that. Season. If you remember, he refused the assignment to go to minor leagues and just said, I'm going to go home. So he obviously wants to play. He has great belief and his numbers really in a, in a season and a half, um, you know, with, with the angels where he was batting 290 um, and a career high 16 home runs. He showed us, right. He showed us he had the, the tools, but I, um, 
I don't see the Cubs making a big splash when they have somebody um, that's available now uh, that and, and with the changes to the free agent market, with the changes to the, the, the agreement between the owners and the players um, coming in a year. Um, you wonder if service time's even going to matter. And so why would you park Nico Horner if you feel like you can get some good value out of him in another major league season? Of course, Tommy LaStella is a contact hitter. And what do the Cubs need more than anything, Chad? Hitters that can make better contact and control the strike zone. And LaStella fits that bill. And so I think at the right price, with the skill set he provides – as a guy who can get on base and hit for singles, I don't think there's any reason why you wouldn't try to bring him back if the price is right, as you mentioned. Uh, Bruce Levine, who, of course, knows baseball better than anyone in that city or just as well as anyone in that city, he uh, is reporting that the Cubs are showing a strong interest in Listella. And that there's a strong possibility that uh, if the price is right, he could be back. All right, let's move on to the sixth inning. We talked about Colton Wong before. Ron, do you feel like that the Cubs, here's another option. Do you feel like the Cubs should uh, target uh, their former National League Central nemesis? You know, it always is interesting when the Cubs and Cardinals swap players and they play for, you know, both teams at some point in their career. Obviously, the most recent examples is the Jason Hayward and Dexter Fowler, uh, you know, moves where Fowler obviously went to St. Louis, and now we have Jason Hayward in right field. You know, it's kind of intriguing. I mean, Wong certainly is a solid player. I think he could potentially be a guy who could lead off for this team and could potentially um, get on base. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Colton Wong is somebody I ultimately think can help this team unless he's somebody that's just willing to maybe, uh, you know, come off the bench, so to speak, and spell relief. Because I don't think, at least for my money, feel like he's a guy who can, you know, play every day. But that's just my two cents. What about Again, you? Again, I think it's, it's about the flexibility of the contract, knowing that the Cubs have what they have. Um, I don't see them making the move, but here's why you would make this move. I mean, here's a gold glover at second base. That's been a, an area that we, the Cubs have not had a, 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 a clear person in that role since the days of Javi Baez when Addison Russell was at shortstop. But here's another piece of the puzzle. He is a leadoff hitter. Leadoff hitter with a little bit of power, you know, hitting 273 with a, a 360, 356 or 360 on base percentage. The Cubs kind of need a leadoff hitter, so he does check a lot of boxes. I don't see it happening um, unless, again, this free agent market completely um, implodes. I actually see a chance and a possibility. I mean, the Cardinals said they made this move because they wanted financial flexibility um, because they have to retool their lineup, which is good news for the Cubs. You know, you don't feel like the Cubs are in that situation this year. But I can actually see Colton Wong coming back on a team-friendly multi-year deal. I think he likes the Cardinal way. Chad, the 2020 baseball season is officially over, and now we have to wait until February. Only 110, no, 109 days until spring training begins, but it's not that I'm counting. Yeah, no, I don't see that. Well, as we wait for the upcoming baseball season, 
Now is the time to enjoy some Federalist wine. It's an American wine crafted for the only tasting note that matters. Damn good taste. It's a bold choice with baseball or any sport. You could pair with any food you desire. And if you go to uncorked.com and use the code CUBS20, you actually get 20% off your entire purchase. That's at uncorked.com. That's right. And you know what? Chad drinks it. I drink it. You should drink it, too. This is Federalist Wine. This is American Craft Wine. So, again, go to uncork.com. Use the promo code CUBS20 to get 20% off your purchase. Must be 21 years or older to consume alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And I know if you are a frequent listener of the Friendly Confines, you know how much we love our fellow Salukis. Here's a list. I put it together of the Salukis that we have had on our program over the time of recording this podcast. Mike Reese, Gary Miller, Mark Silverman, Sean Kelly, George Offman, Brian Mullins, Pittsburgh Pirates manager Derek Shelton. And this week... We have an amazing guest, longtime radio reporter in the Chicago market. He was on the score sports radio 670 for a long time. Now you can find him on our home, the Barroom Network, where he's the host of a plethora of podcasts, including Grobstein and Schuster Zone, Sharpshooters, Gabriel and Schuster, and Stuff Your Mom Throughout. It seems like he basically owns the network. You can also find him on Twitter at Shoemoose. Welcome, David Schuster, to the seventh inning stretch. David, how you doing? And welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Well, it's great to be with you guys and certainly great to be with fellow Salukis. And Mike Reese, of course, is still down in Carbondale. He's the big fish in the small pond. And I went to college with him many moons ago. George Offman, the same thing. George was actually both my roommate and best man at my wedding a long time ago as well. And Mark Silverman, of course, I work with many, many times at ESPN. So, yeah, it's, it's been a long list of luminaries, for lack of a better term, who went to SIU and, and had so much fun at Carbondale, they forgot everything. Like <laughs> well, then you know you had a good time. That's yeah. probably the best part, exactly. Well, very cool. Well, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes here on the program. So, David, let's start here. I guess the final out of the 2020 season was officially recorded with the end of the World Series. If you were to kind of sum up, just in general, the 2020 baseball season, how would you describe it overall? Weird, I guess would be the best one-word answer. Abbreviated would be another one. Um, Twilight Zone-ish. I don't even know if that's a word, but it certainly fits. Yeah, it was really strange. All the way back, you know, it started normal back in regular spring training. It looked like everything was going to be normal. Then, of course, the pandemic hit. And then when they finally got it together after a couple of months and what, you know, the extended spring training or whatever they wanted to call it, I mean, it was just weird. I mean, we, we went to the ballpark. I wasn't at all the games at Wrigley and on the other side of town, but I was there enough of them. You had to wear your mask, obviously. It was very antiseptic. You couldn't talk to the players. Zoom became the new worst four-letter word in my language, at least. Um, and so, yeah, it was all very, very, very strange. And, you know, after doing this for 40, 40 plus years, I got so used to being part of the fabric in the locker room and down on the field and, and back in the, 
in the clubhouse, I should say, after the game and talking to the players and, and being close with them, we were removed. So it was like basically covering sports from afar, for lack of a better term, again. And, you know, it ended last night, obviously, and how weird was it that the last two guys, you know, got caught looking on pitches right down the middle. Who knows, maybe that was the perfect ending to a weird baseball season. The best team won. I mean, the Dodgers were the best team in an abbreviated season. They were going to be the best team, at likely, in any scenario. So I think ultimately the best team won. But, yeah, wrapping it all up, even though both Chicago teams got into the playoffs and really didn't do anything once they got in, it was just a weird, weird season. Is it a season that you'll ultimately look back on and say that was a season that mattered? Because i got to be honest with you, I know it's going to obviously count. But to some respects, I, I feel like this season was just kind of like a, a – a laughable sort of throwaway season. Do you view it that way at all? I do. I do, actually. I mean, I won't forget it because of everything that, you know, was part of it. You know, it was the first time the fans have not been in attendance for the most part. Certainly not in Chicago. They weren't there at all. Uh, that we couldn't talk to the uh, players. We couldn't talk to anybody. So, yeah, from that aspect, um, it, it is in its own way a throwaway season. But, you know, Kudos to Major League Baseball. Kudos actually to all the sports. You know, basketball and hockey did it down in their bubbles without really any problems. They lost a lot of money, but they made it happen. Baseball lost a ton of money, obviously, but they ultimately made it happen. And I think uh, football will, you know, have the same uh, finality to their season whenever that ends. You know, with a Super Bowl, even though I saw today that only 20% of the people will be allowed at the Super Bowl, wherever the game is this year. So, you know, sports had too much to lose, especially with the TV contracts and everything. They had to get it in. But, yes, it, it, it's just a throwaway weird season, but it's one that I'll never forget because of all the circumstances. I know this is a hard question to answer, but do you think in your heart of hearts that we're going to see any semblance of fans playing at Wrigley or even, you know, on the south side next year to watch these teams play? Well, obviously, it's a bigger question than just sports. I mean, is, is there even going to be normalcy in life at all next year, next calendar year, because of the ongoing pandemic and the effects of it? And will a vaccine, you know, take hold? Will enough people do it for, you know, the virus to go away to a major degree? I can't answer that. I hate to say that I'm skeptical because I am. And I tend to look at, you know, I look at the negative first and hope for the best. But, yeah, at this juncture, I sort of see that there probably won't be fans, at least at the beginning of the season. Basketball's talking about starting up around Christmas, but there's no way they're going to have fans in the seats at that point. At least I don't think there will be. So do I think this is going to extend into next baseball season, at least originally? Unfortunately, I think it will. We're talking with David Schuster, part of the Barroom Network. Of course, you can hear multiple podcasts that he's a part of, the Grobstein and Schuster Zone, Sharpshooters with Mark Schanowski and himself, Gabriel and Schuster. It's a Bears podcast and stuff your mom threw out, which uh, that's a really good one, too. I really enjoyed about uh, sort of things you grew up with that might be worth something today or whatnot. So give it a listen. It's, it's all on the Barroom Network. And uh, check him out, of course, on Twitter, at Moose. So, David, let's, uh, let's do this before we get into some real Cubs talk as well. Mark Pryor and Brant Brown both received a championship with the Dodgers winning the World Series. Is there a part of you that is like extremely happy for Mark Pryor? Because I said on this podcast that, yeah, it's nice for him, but nobody really even thinks twice about the pitching coach and the hitting coach when a team wins a World Series. It's mostly about a player or a manager. But I guess at the end of the day, are, are you happy for those two guys knowing what, especially Pryor, 
did for the Cubs and how close he came in 2003? I wouldn't use the word happy. Um, I, I guess, you know, I, I'll certainly acknowledge that they won a championship, at, you know, during their career in Major League Baseball. I mean, Brant Brown, let's face it, Brant Brown will always be remembered for the famous Ron Santo call. And I was at the game in Milwaukee the day he dropped the fly ball. Um, and I didn't actually hear the call of that from Santo until I got in my car and I was driving back and everybody said, well, go listen, go listen. I didn't hear it because I was at the game itself. Um, so, yeah, good for Brant Brown. Mark Pryor obviously was an incredible talent that if he didn't have the injuries that he did, I think he would have been an incredible pitcher. He wasn't the friendliest guy. I'm going to be honest with you. He was sort of standoffish with the media. Him and Kerry Wood came up at the same time. Kerry Wood has always been a fan and media favorite. Mark Pryor, just not really, you know, anything near that degree. So, you know, congratulations to both of them. I'm not going to tell you I'm happy for either one of them because I don't think they're happy for me for anything. So I'm not really happy <laughs> myself for them either. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, well, with the season now officially over, now we talk about free agency, David, and we talk about there's lots of players uh, on this Cubs team that, you know, are going to be hitting the free agent market. Um, just, you know, off the top of my head, you got a guy like Jose Quintana or Jeremy Jeffress or, you know, just some some guys that were signed to short term deals or obviously their deals are no longer, you know, on the table. Um who do you ultimately think, if at all, the Cubs are going to bring back? And is it pretty obvious about some guys that we're just not going to see in a Cubs uniform? Or is it just too hard to tell right now? Well, the, the easy answer is it's too hard to tell right now. But um, the two names that you mentioned in Quintana and Jeffers, I don't think either one of those guys are going to be back. Um, uh, and then obviously the, uh, the Cubs have to make some major decisions, as everybody knew that they would over the last couple of years. What are you going to do with Chris Bryant? What are you going to do with Javier Baez? What are you going to do with Kyle Schwarber? Is Contreras going to be the guy that goes? Um, are you going to resign or extend Rizzo at some juncture? Yada, yada, yada. I think what's finally going to happen, and they might have waited a year too late, especially with what happened this past abbreviated season, but I can't see Bryant or Baez, one of the two of them, I would suspect is going to be traded. It might not be during the offseason. It might be once the season starts because they could be um, a rental player in their final seasons of their contract with somebody else. But ultimately, the Cubs had to make a decision, you know, do, do, you, do you break the bank for either Bryant and or Baez? And I can't see them, and I never could see them doing it for both of them. So one of those two is going to go. And if I had a hazard a guess between the two, I think Chris Bryant will be the one. I just think they might have waited a year too late. I mean, he had a lot of injuries again during this abbreviated season, but he really did not show up well performance-wise. Neither did Baez for that matter. Rizzo, I think, is a staple here, and uh, he's sort of the face of the franchise. So I think he will be here. I don't think they have to extend him yet, but I think they will ultimately. Schwarber, you know, is, is still looks like an American League kind of player, although the DH is going to be in both leagues, and it might be, you know, permanently starting this upcoming season. So I think there's going to be a lot of the big-name players, at least one, maybe two. They have to fortify their pitching staff. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They've done a poor job over the last 10 years. They drafted some good players, some of the names we mentioned, but the pitchers, on the horizon are just not there. Uh, they do have Braylon Marquez, who's a left-handed pitcher, who's a fireballer. Uh, I think you're going to see him sooner rather than later. Um, they have a couple of other kids, but like I said, they're, they're younger and 
further down the totem pole at either A or AA level. So if they want to be in any kind of hunt next season, they have to fortify their starting pitching staff. That's why I see either a Schwarber or a Bryant or maybe even a Contreras, although I doubt him. Somebody's going to get traded to get some pitching. And our thanks, of course, once again to David Schuster from the Barroom Network. And you can hear all the podcasts that he is a part of, of course, as well as our podcast on the Barroom Network. We're certainly always happy that we can bring on some of our own that we uh, get to work alongside with Chad. And you can find David on Twitter at Shoemoose. And don't forget, you can find Chad and I on social media, too. I'm at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad is at the Chad Gordon. You can also go to our Facebook page, the Friendly Confines Facebook page. Check us out. Join. Interact with us. We'd love to hear what you have to say as we move on to the eighth inning. And, you know, we're going to kick it off with a question that we posed last week, but with new information, maybe some new takes. You know, there's a lot of question with this being Theo's last year of his 10-year deal with the fact that so many players are coming off of their um, their contracts. It's going to be contract years for so many important players. But the question is, do you throw it all together and say, let's make one more run? Or do you blow it up? What do you think, Rhino? Do you blow it up and build for the future? Or do you try to take it down despite all the challenges the last couple season innings? I think you owe it to this core, Chad. I think we're on the same page with this. I think you owe it to this core to be able to run it back one more time for the fans, for the players that put in the blood, sweat, and tears that won this championship in 2016 to try and just say, hey, let's give it a go and see if we can just take it as far as we can. So as far as I'm concerned, yes, you can go the route and just say, let's just blow it all up. Let's, you know, be a stinker for the next four to five years, get those draft picks and recreate and rebuild. But at the same time, I think that there are so many players that you have invested in with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, Kyle Schwarber, John Lester, all these names that I think you wouldn't be doing them right if you got rid of all these guys and traded them all. Plus, as you and I have both talked about, you're not going to get much in return for these guys at the moment either. So run it back, keep it together one more year. What about you? Simple answer. It's a quick answer for me. You have to run it back. You have to hope that pride, focus, desire for their their probably the biggest payday of their world for all the guys that are coming in all the you know the big four guys that are coming in um, on their contract years that they're going to want to do something that is going to earn that big payday because this is the time they're going to look for that 10-year deal so I say let's let that motivation drive the, the 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 piece it may turn out against it may turn out that everybody's shooting for stats and it actually destroys the cohesion of the team and, it, and, and and they don't play together like they should. Or, as you said, you deserve it to them. Give this give this group one last swan song together um, to see. And that is, again, if this this group stays intact during this very unique free agency. All right. So let's finish up with the ninth inning, Chad, and the way too early predictions coming out from the Bleacher Report about who will make it to the postseason and who will make it to the World Series. And Bleacher Report actually has the Cubs winning the NL Central and playing the Braves in the division series before falling to the Braves and they go out in the first round. Um, Ironically enough, 
uh, the White Sox they have getting to the World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So what do you think of their prediction of getting the Cubs back in the postseason one more time? And what do you think of that World Series between the Dodgers and the White Sox in the way too early prediction category, Chad? The Dodgers look like they can compete for well into the next decade. Um, the White Sox, that was a team that really surprised me in how they faltered this year. So um, they have the tools. They have the pitching. I, you know, if they're going to make the move for Tony Russa, they're not going to shed payroll. They're going to go for it. So why not the White Sox? They have more talent and maybe the leadership will get them there. For the Cubs, I don't see any way that they don't win the division this coming year. Who's really going to stand up to them, knowing that the Cardinals are, are shedding off uh, um, payroll, knowing that the Brewers really kind of fell, faltered down down the, the stretch and, and, and are losing pieces, knowing that uh, – um, that the Reds have lost, uh, you know, a, a Cy Young candidate. Bowers probably not going to be back, and and the Pirates have really struggled. So I I would agree with that pick. I don't know who they're going to play. That's a little too early for me. But yes, I have the Cubs winning the division um, next year, and depending on how well this core goes, that'll determine how far they go. But Dodgers, White Sox, that does not remotely um, seem like a, a stretch for me. And this Dodger team on a shortened season. I think they'd love to be able to show that they could do it for real. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. And I, I think that, listen, there's uh, obviously moves that are going to be made depending on who's going to get, you know, some contracts, who, what big names are going to be moved. That's why they call it way too early. But yes, going into 2021, I can certainly see all of those scenarios happening with, as you mentioned, the Cardinals really are the one team that I still feel like could contend in the NL Central with the Cubs for the possibility of, you know, getting that division crown. But ultimately, I do think the Cubs still have one more division title in them to make one last postseason run. And yeah, as far as the World Series goes, I mean, Dodgers White Sox, man, that would be a fun World Series to watch if uh, it ultimately, you know, came down to the Southsiders. And the, you know, boys from Hollywood. And uh, I would certainly be excited to see a World Series like that and to see the Dodgers try to defend their title. So very cool. Well, that is going to do it and wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. Once again, our thanks to David Schuster from the Barroom Network. For Chad, I am Ryan. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're healed the first time you walk into Wrigley Field I'm George Will and you're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. 
Pat Hughes. Welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dossett. What a smartest thing, I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. Hey, this is Len Casper, the TV voice of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to the Friendly Confines podcast with Chad and Ryan. 